Our next guest is a guy that I've become really close to over the last year. 2022 was uh, our time. He was running for governor, and uh, Lee Zeldin is a dear friend. You guys know that. Lee comes on with me more than any other host in this town. It's not even close. And Lee and I remain great friends. But during that gubernatorial run, Andrew Giuliani and I became really close. Even uh, that one day in Rockaway, he was on 129, and he was out there saying hello to folks. That was the morning of my 30-year anniversary with my beautiful wife, Danielle. And he made a great video wishing us a happy anniversary. And the friendship has just blossomed. His wife, Z, lovely girl, has got a beautiful little daughter in Grace. And his father will join us at 840, the great Rudy. Here he is, my friend Andrew Giuliani. Good morning, Andrew. Well, Sid, it was great to see you and your beautiful wife, Danielle, last night at the Christmas party. And I have to say... Gabe is really holding the show together because I saw Phil and Justin last night and walking out of there, my thought was, how on earth is Sid and Friends going to function in the morning with the two of them and the debauchery that they had during the Christmas party? You know, so, Gabe, thank you for holding this show together and keeping what is the number one show in the number one city in the world uh, together. You're welcome. <laughs> you know, it's funny. You, you say that uh, kind of joking, but I must tell you, Andrew, coming in this morning, I was scared to death. No one would be here. And I walk in. Justin's already working hard, putting sound together, getting ready. And we were only here for about five minutes, me and Gabe. And he was already here. Philip, he came walking in. So I was here before you. I just went to the bathroom. I know. I'm, I'm, I'm giving you guys credit because you really were. Uh, drinking very irresponsibly. I think I saw you doing drugs at one point. Hey, so. listen. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> and, and, you know, with Phil, what, what I'll tell you here, Sid, is I, I've heard the back and forth between Deb Valentine and you regarding Phil, whether or not he would be one of the top news stories if he ended up getting stabbed and pushed with. <laughs> I would tell you that I would push next year in 2023, if, God forbid, something happened to Phil coming to the radio station, I would push for a moment of an in memoriam <laughs> in the year end, as you guys are doing. I mean, right I've earned a footnote. Yeah, that was I don't a... know if I'd win that. No, I don't know if I'd that. win that battle. I wouldn't yeah. use too much leverage in order to get him on there. But, but I would make a, a quick mention. That was an unfortunate um, moment uh, that morning when that did say, unless he was seriously injured, just a mere mugging of Macedonia Bill would not be newsworthy. That was unfortunate. But on a serious note, when you look back at 2022 and before. Folks that don't know, Andrew had the opportunity to work in the Donald Trump White House for four years. Of course, his father is still the greatest mayor in the history of that job in any city across America. He's grown up with politics. He's very astute and very bright. You look back at the year that was 2022. How bad was it for the Biden administration? And is there any hope in all seriousness for 2023? Well, I, I always like to be optimistic, like you, Sid, and, and I look, look at, the, at the positive side of this. I think the fact that Republicans did win the House back, I think there'll be some positives in terms of some of the crazy spending that we're seeing just coming out of Washington here in the last 24 hours uh, being subsided, at least. Um, but obviously, the, the, the Biden administration is completely incompetent. When you look at what's happened uh, now with Title 42, what's that going to mean for a southern border that literally is at probably 5 million people? come over it over the last two years. Is that only going to get worse? Uh, there wasn't really a plan for what would happen when 42 uh, was uh, was done. So this, this administration has shown from domestic policy to the fact that and you've mentioned this time and time again, you're absolutely right. You would not have a war in Ukraine right now if Donald Trump was still president. That's absolutely obvious. There's no way that he would have allowed Putin to continue to try to annex Ukraine. And you wouldn't be dealing with this now 
over $100 billion that has gone to Ukraine. Look, we obviously want to support our friends in Ukraine. I understand what Zelensky is going through, and it is tough, but I want every dollar accounted for. And it's tough to believe in this administration when the answer seems to be just throw more billions and billions and trillions of dollars at it, that I'm seeing these line items accounted for in a way that American taxpayers deserve. And that, we know, comes from the top. That comes right from the president, that comes right from the vice president, and that comes right from a staff that seems completely incompetent to me. One of the things that's great about you, Andrew, is even uh, the loyal person you are, and you are loyal, you will criticize somebody even if you love them. And uh, you spent four years with Donald Trump in the White House. I made it very, very clear the last couple of months he is still my choice uh, every day. That's fading because over the last month, I think he's done some really stupid stuff and some of it worse than stupid, quite frankly, offensive, like sitting down with Kanye West. Forget about the other guy, Kanye West. So it's fading, but I'm still kind of there. You spent four years with Trump in the White House. We know his policies were great. We know he was a great president. But this is now going to be seven, eight years later if he tries to win again. And people are not as enthusiastic about the 2016 Trump that came down the escalator and started nicknaming his competition. How bad has the last month been for your former boss? Well, look, it it hasn't been a great rollout, but I would look at it this way. I feel like in terms of the presidential cycle, we're at the place where a team has just won the World Series or the Super Bowl, and we're two days afterwards, and we're starting to do the analysis of who's going to win the Super Bowl or the World Series the next year. We're very, very early in this process. This process has to play out. We're still uh, over a year away uh, from the Iowa caucuses and from New Hampshire. Uh, So I think we'll have a better understanding over the next year whether or not Donald Trump is ready to make that run like he did in 2016 against all of those competitors. Look, I'm a big believer, Sid, and I know this probably goes against a lot of the orthodoxies of thinking, but I'm a big believer in competition, and that includes primaries. I'm a big believer that a primary between Trump, DeSantis, whoever else wants to hop in there is probably a really good thing for our party. It doesn't mean that it's going to be ugly, that it's not going to be ugly, but think about some of the ugliest primaries. They actually ended up producing the ultimate president, including 2016, as I mentioned. You could think of 2000 with with Bush and McCain. That was a very ugly primary. Bush ended up winning that. What happens is you get so much exposure and you vet your candidate through that process uh, that I think what ends up happening is more and more people get to see, actually, the person that they are thinking about voting for, and it draws more independent eyeballs. Uh, So I'm looking forward to this process. I'm looking forward to see if President Trump comes out of the new year uh, with momentum or can, can, can I should say, can create momentum coming out of the new year uh, because uh, he's going to need something to start off his presidential campaign. He's going to need a little bit of a restart. Let's get uh, a little conversation going with you and my son. Maybe you can uh, recommend some things. I mean, you grew up in a household with a very, very famous father, the greatest mayor in the history of the city. Earplugs is the first thing. Earplugs is the first thing that I would recommend for you, (laughs) Gabe. If you can can do that, maybe a good headache medicine would really help right there. That's funny. Honestly, I'll tell you what, Gabe, and and I'm sorry to cut you off there, Sid, but it really is true. One of the things that I think is uh, amazing that you and, and Eva get to grow up in, and I'm so glad that your sister is back with you now, I'm sure. You're glad, but maybe you're, you know, maybe you liked a little bit of a distance between you and your sister for a little bit. But I know you, I know you love her. Uh, you could see how much your father uh, and your mom love you, and how much passion they have uh, for being parents. I mean, Sid talks about it every single day 
Uh, one of the things that I could tell you is, as somebody who grew up with a father who was in the public eye, like you are, I almost felt like I was sharing my father with the rest of the city of New York. But I looked at that as a positive thing. I felt like I had eight and a half million brothers and sisters. You have to feel that way, too, I would say, because you, know, you have so many people that care so much, not just about your dad, but really about your family and are so invested, really, uh, in uh, your success and Sid's success and, and, and Danielle's and, and Ava's success. Well, I, I, I do like it, but sometimes I think it's a little bit too much um, because they seem to know everything about me, um, <laughs> the public, of course. Uh, I think- Gabriel, Gabriel, do you realize that Andrew, when he was your age, they did skits on Saturday Night Live about him? What do you mean they know about you? This poor kid was on SNL. He wasn't Whenever even nine years old. Whenever walks up to me on the street, they, they, they seem to know everything about me. Yeah. What do you think about that? Well, Andrew, what about his point there? Yes, I know a lot about my son. Uh, your father was Rudy. They were doing skits about you on SNL. Is he right about that? Yeah, it, it's, it's different, right? It's a different way of being brought up in terms of the fact that people, people know more about you than probably they would with most kids. But I think that's because people care about you, and I think that's the way you've got to think about it. Because, uh, honestly, they, if, they weren't, if they didn't know about you, it would mean they wouldn't care about you. The people that are listening – uh, in the morning, they they are invested in your life and in, in your upbringing, and and to me, uh, that's something that that uh, that means you know you have you have prayers that are coming your way on a daily basis. It does mean that it's different. It's probably a little bit of a different way to grow up than most of your friends. Uh, but I mean, you wouldn't want to grow up like Phil Dixon, where you know you won't even care if the guy would get mugged. I mean, he wouldn't even make the news. You would make the news, Gabe, and that's a good thing. Oh, there you go. I, I just. Yeah, but like it's just different because you know you can find everything about me. It's not that hard, so it's it's a little bit different because not that's not everyone. It's it's a very rare thing. It is. It is. But it, it is. but There's but no- but Andrew, would you trade that? And again, by the way, your father Rudy Giuliani will join me at eight forty this morning. Next hour, you want to talk about the Giuliani Rosenberg connection? My mother is on, and your father is on. Uh, coming up oh, next hour, how funny is that? But at with, the same time, yeah, no, not at the same time. Mom, uh, Rara's on at eight oh five, and Rudy's on at 8, Uncle Rudy eight forty. Um, would you? That tra- would be great radio if you got uh, them oh, on. My, at the same oh my god! Forget about forget be, about radio. I want to see those two at dinner one night, Rudy and Naomi. <laughs> but um, yeah, on a serious note, you wouldn't trade. Uh, any of that. And again, you had the SNL stuff and your father's in the news every day, but you wouldn't trade any of that, right, Andrew? I always looked at it this way. I always felt that I was blessed enough to have two or three opportunities for every unique challenge uh, that maybe fame or growing up in the public eye ended up bringing. I think it's always important to keep that perspective. Yeah, Gabe, it doesn't mean that there aren't unique challenges because there are unique challenges, but there are incredible opportunities as well. And I think that's a great way to actually keep perspective on it there. And it, look, we all have different challenges in our life, whether or not you grow up in the public eye, whether you don't. Uh, but just like anything else, it's about keeping the perspective on those challenges and realizing the blessings that we actually have. And there's probably no better time to actually think about that than this time of year. That is so well said, Andrew Giuliani. Now I forgive you for your beautiful wife, Z, last night when your daughter Grace started to cry. She said, well... You could be scary. I said, I could be what? She's like, well, you look like a hitman. Like, you could be scary. Your wife well, actually Hollywood said certainly that. seems to. I'm got, I've got to defend my wife over here, you yeah. know, maybe at the cost of a, a potential job. Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> Hollywood has seemed to think that you are a hitman and you seem to be a very scary guy. So she just seems to be typecasting you like the rest of Hollywood. I know. What is that? Hey, Gabe, you want to wish your, uh, your buddy here, Andrew Giuliani, a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year? Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. 
Well, Gabriel said, happy Hanukkah. Merry Christmas to all the WABC listeners out there. Congratulations on number one for sitting friends in the morning. Rest in peace, Bernie, and to an amazing 2023. What a great crew that you have there between Phil, Justin, Lou Rufino, and, of course, the, the man who stirs the drink, Sid Rosenberg. Well, listen, you're going to be a large part of this crew coming up in 2023. I look forward to that. Thank you for the friendship and a great year in 2022. And like the Carpenters once said, at the risk of sounding gay, we've only just begun.